writing and submitting and being rejected and humiliated and utterly humiliated and all sorts of dramatic stuff, I now am in a place where I primarily make my living by writing and talking about writing and teaching writing, and I consider this to be the greatest privilege. Here is my essential path. When I was four, I started writing stories about like mermaids and princesses and haircuts. And actually, my dad, unfortunately, has passed away now. But when I was going through his personal effects, I found that he had saved those early stories about mermaids and princesses. And most mortifyingly and touchingly, one of them had on the top of its top margin in my dad's spidery kind of scrawly handwriting Hey, Walt, look, this kid's a genius. So my dad had taken my illustrated story about a mermaid and bought it into the CBS newsroom to show Walter Cronkite. So you can see from a very young age, I had this great backing and support of my family. So whether you are a writer or you know a writer, support other writers and give yourself some support because it is kind of a weird profession. You spend a lot of time alone in a room playing with imaginary people and you don't always make good money or even any money. You just do it because you love it and you're in love with your characters and in love with the stories. So if you know a writer or you are a writer, just you know, give some love. That's all I have to say about that. For many years, in fact, as I mentioned, I did not succeed as a writer. I published a story in Seventeen magazine when I was 16. I won the National Fiction Contest with a short story called The Legacy of Frank Finkelstein, and of course, I subsequently decided that the world owed me a living as a writer, with the result that I discovered the world owed me a living in food service. I went to college. I went to an excellent writing college, Kenyon College in Gambier, Ohio, and I got a degree in English, and I graduated, and I went straight into working as a diner waitress in New Jersey, and I had very big hair. I worked at Greasy Spoons. I worked as a restaurant manager. I worked as a prep chef and a sous chef, and I managed a bookstore. I was a barista. So also, if you know lots of baristas and servers, they may be writers, so you should always be nice to them and give them good tips. However, I never, ever stopped submitting stories. I would work by day or work at night, and whenever I wasn't actually working and making money to support my expensive writing habit, I was writing fiction, and I submitted to literary magazines over and over and over and over. I tried to get into grad school for creative writing five times. Finally, I managed to bludgeon my way in through sheer persistence to Boston University, where I got my MA in creative writing, and then I was able to support myself by teaching. Um, first as an adjunct and as a professor of creative writing and a professor of journalism. And then I had a captive audience, which is how I learned to sort of love having a captive audience, which is what I'm doing with you right now. So I hope you're enjoying this because I certainly am. After about 32 years of writing and submitting short stories, actually, at a reading recently, a, a little girl, she must have been six or seven, she said to me, how long did it take you to become a writer? And I said, 32 years, and her face just fell. Poor thing. But it's true. This is not an instant gratification profession. It is, however, an immensely gratifying profession. After all of those years, a short story of mine called Those Who Save Us finally caught and hit in a literary magazine. The story grew into a novel called Those Who Save Us also. And that novel, by a sort of alchemical, magical, miraculous process of having people read it and give it to other readers, and readers gave it to more readers, and it just sort of snowballed, that book became a bestseller. And 
So I was able to take the time from teaching to write another book, which was called The Storm Chasers, which was also a bestseller. And I know you've heard all of this in the introduction, so I won't belabor it. The point is, I'm very grateful to be spending most of my time now totally immersed in writing. I know how hard it is to write a story or a book. I know how magical it is to read a good story or a book. I myself am an avid, avid, addicted reader. And so I'm happy to be your guide in talking about these things for the next several lectures. Here's how I've broken this down. I'm starting out with the building blocks of a story, the things that you cannot have a good story or book without. First, I'm going to talk about character. Then I'm going to talk about plot, what happens in the story. I'll talk about dialogue, which is what people say. I'll talk about detail, which enriches the worlds of stories so that readers can walk into them and then walk out again with memories of those fictional worlds. I'm then going to sort of graduate, if you will, to more intermediate topics of style.